The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So I would like to talk a little bit about persistence and steadiness and consistency in doing the practice. And um, part of the reason to emphasize these qualities of practice is because they're useful in and of themselves to have the continuity of practice over time. But also um, they're qualities that can a little bit protect us from getting caught up in our thoughts, caught up in our beliefs and our kind of emotional reactions to things. Um, because if we can just keep going steadily, we don't, uh, we kind of let those be rather than stopping for them. So I'll talk about this a little more. So uh, some years ago, I went to Spain to walk on the pilgrimage it's called El Camino, pilgrimage route, and uh, went for a couple of weeks. And um, the process of walking for those two weeks, we walked through all kinds of different terrain. We walked up and over the Pyrenees, down into Spain. We walked um, in the you know, long kind of areas of the plains, very flat. We walked in hilly area, it was up and down. We walked through cities, through the countryside, through little towns, through all kinds of different kind of terrain. But the point was to keep walking, you know, t- for the du- you know duration of we had. And so, uh, what it took was taking one step at a time, taking the next step, and taking the next step. And there were times when it looked like where we were going was daunting. You know, being on the Fran- French side, looking up at the Pyrenees. You're supposed to walk up that? Can I do that? But, you know, I could have stopped those thoughts and considered them for a few years and never made any efforts to go. But what it took was, regardless of whether I thought that it was impossible, the task was just take one step, one step. And if I focused too much on the destination, it was a distraction from just taking care of this moment this moment, this step. The des- destination was certainly in mind, uh, but uh, it wasn't, the, you know, that wasn't, once I'm heading out in the direction, that could recede from any in consideration for the next, in, in preference for the next step, the next step. And then um, going down the Pyrenees turned out to be harder than going up because of the knee, a tremendous knee pain I had in both knees. And uh, somehow something happened to my knees. And so, but you know, you don't stop in the middle of nowhere in the Pyrenees to, you know, wait for, you know. So it was just take those one step, ouch, one step, ouch, just one step to, you know, so keep, to keep going, keep going. Don't stop for the pain. There's all the self-pity, the stories, the ideas. Just keep stepping one step at a time, one step at a time. And sure enough, one step at a time, 
we came to the end of that, the bottom of the Pyrenees. That was nice. And then, uh, and then there were places we walked that I didn't like being there. And one step at a time, just take the next step, take the next step. And it didn't matter if I liked it or not. Some places I thought were spectacular, wonderful. That was nice in a certain way, but in terms of what we were doing, the next step, the next step. And, um, and so, and there's ups and downs and all these things. Just take the next step, take the next step. And uh, the life of practice that we do, and mindfulness practice, it's useful to remember this, that the life of practice has to do with a lot of one step at a time, one moment of mindfulness at a time. We meet this moment, we meet this moment. Take the next step into the next moment. We don't stop because we don't like it, don't stop because we like it, don't stop because you know, there's challenges, don't stop because the distance seems too high and far away, don't stop because there's discomfort in it, um, you know, within reason, of course, but you know, just next step, meeting next moment, next moment. And there's so many reasons to stop because the destination seems too far away. We have expectations of what it's supposed to be like. It's supposed to be smooth sailing if I was really doing this well. There's uh, because it's not living up to my expectations. Because I prefer, I don't, I prefer to meditate when things are just like, you know, I'm just, you know, floating on a cloud. And, uh, you know, it doesn't really count if I'm struggling and agitated and distracted. And so that does not really, that's not really practice. There must be something wrong with me or the practice or something. So I'll stop. But one of the tremendously powerful things to do in this, when you do mindfulness practice, is just take the next step, the next moment of mindfulness, recognizing this, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. So we don't stop. We don't get distracted. We don't get uh, uh, by the thoughts, the beliefs, the reactivity that might arise. They can arise we take the next step. And part of, the, uh, part of the benefit of this, kind of just continuing with the next step of mindfulness, the next moment of recognition, this is what's happening, and then the next one, is we're not getting involved in retrospective thinking. Something happens, and then we spend the next 10 minutes thinking about what just happened, analyzing it, figuring it out, making associations with it, and then we've missed the next 10 minutes of stepping, the next 10 minutes of mindfulness, because we're thinking back. We think back 30 seconds. What was that all about? I just blew it. I was distracted and I was lost in thought and I shouldn't have been lost in thought. But you're not stepping then. If you're that kind of like, oh, I blew it and I should have been different and I did it wrong. Whether it's true or not, you're no longer stepping. And the stepping and mindfulness is just is always meeting the next moment. Oh, this is what's happening now. This is what's happening now. And it's one of the gifts of this practice is that um, you don't need to get involved in retrospective thinking. If it's happened, it's enough just to be mindful of it. You don't have to then kind of go back and review it and figure it out and what it's all about. It's really forgiving. It's amazingly forgiving of you. Take the next moment. Another analogy that uh, says something similar to this is that of uh, an umbrella when it's raining. If you don't have an umbrella and you walk for a long time in the rain, 
you'll get soaking wet. But you have a good big umbrella, hold, you know, and provided there's not a lot of wind, the, the rain comes down the umbrella and just washes off, and as it washes off, it doesn't get you wet. It just kind of goes off the side and disappears, and you can keep walking. And so uh, sometimes it's nice to think of mindfulness as, an, as your umbrella. That uh, kind of just imagine that if you can just be mindful of the next moment, just be present for it, meet this moment, this moment, as if it's an umbrella, then whatever you meet, whatever arises, it's just washing off, washing off. It's recognized and it goes. It's recognized and it goes. It's there and it kind of let it go. You don't have to, again, spend a lot of time with it. You don't have to analyze it. You don't have to judge it. You don't have to fix it. Just, it's enough just to recognize just recognize there. If you had to figure out why every raindrop that fell fell exactly that spot and why the raindrop is that big, you know, you would be busy for a long time. We just let the umbrella just wash it off and we don't bother ourselves with the, the drops. Just let it be. There's something very powerful in mindfulness just showing up. It's not ignoring things to do this but just showing up for this moment and then letting it just disappear, let it just kind of recede, let it, as if it's, it's done, this moment is done. And the next moment arise. It might be the same experience over again. <laughs> Some things just don't go away like that, you know, completely, but that moment goes away. That moment will never be here again. And no two moments are ever alike, ever. You'll never have, you'll never ever repeat that moment again. It's quite an amazing event, a moment of experience. It's here for a moment, it's never here again. It just, the, that drop of that moment falls off the umbrella of mindfulness. It's been met, then you're ready for the next moment, the next moment. And this is also an analogy that's pointing to this idea of not picking things up, not again identified with what's happening, not define yourself by what's happening, not spend time judging what's happening as good or bad, um, but just letting it be the simplicity of what it is. A raindrop falls on the umbrella, and generally we just let it be. If it ro- ro- rolls off, and we don't, we're not spending time looking at the raindrop under a microscope and saying, that was a good raindrop. That was an awful raindrop. It didn't quite have the shape it's supposed to have. Raindrops are supposed to look a little different. And why did that, that, the wrong shaped raindrop fall on me? What does that mean? So we get caught up in this world. Or, you know, the, you're, we, we, get, you know we, we don't spend a lot of time defining ourselves by the raindrops that fall when it rains. These raindrops say that these are very light, misty raindrops, kind of more like fog mist falling on me. And that tells the world that I'm a misty person. And this is great, this is terrible. We don't define ourselves, we just let it be as it is. So this idea of using mindfulness as an umbrella, that kind of just let it be there and let it wash off, this moment wash, this, this moment go by, is, uh, is a way of protecting ourselves a little bit from getting, picking up the thoughts, picking up the feelings, picking up the experiences, getting complicated with it, um, defining ourselves by it, judging it, making commentary about it, just the next moment the next step, just let it be. Another analogy that's similar, 
that I like is this is more for concentration than mindfulness and that is of a boat going through the water. If you're in the boat and you have a destination and you can head towards the destination, maybe the harbor or someplace, and, um, and uh, the bow of the boat cuts through the water. And because it's kind of a narrow front it, and it's kind of this you know, angled bow, the water that's there in front of the boat gets pushed to the side and washes off the sides of the boat and disappears behind the boat. And uh, the, uh, the boat doesn't stop because of the water. It just keeps going and lets it just wash, every, the water just wash off the sides, wash off the sides. But it keeps its focus, it keeps the destinations going, it keeps its, this, this, is, this is what I'm focusing on. So the same thing, like if you're staying with the breathing, focusing on the breath, let the breath be like the, the, the bow of the, uh, the destination or the bow of the boat. And then all, everything else being like the water that just washes off the sides of the boat. You don't have to... There's so many things that... Uh, there's many of us have so many um, uh, assumptions, maybe unconscious assumptions, about what we're supposed to be doing, what we're supposed to be thinking about, what we're supposed to be judging, expecting, identifying with reacting to, fixing. They're there's so busy, the mind, with so many deep, unconscious assumptions about what's Im- what we think is important. They might be important in certain contexts, but when you're walking the pilgrimage tail, t- trail, there's a lot of things that are important in life. But, you know, if you go by the, the mattress store, it, mattress stores are really important. But if you're walking the pilgrimage route, you don't stop for mattress stores to buy mattresses. You let the mattress stores be, because it's going to be a big deal to carry the mattress with you on, the, on that trail. There's all kinds of things which can be important, and there can be a lot of uh, authority around needing to think about them, being involved with them, and you know. but maybe things are important in their own time, and place, and situation, and context. And it's very helpful to learn the skill, the ability to not pick up things, not stop for mattress stores or the equivalent in your mind, especially when you're sitting meditating. You don't need to buy a mattress when you're meditating. So mattress thoughts come up, let them just wash off. You know, let them just kind of wash off the umbrella, wash off the bow of the boat. Hold the course, be steady, keep doing the next step. Just the next step, next step. And it does teach you the value of not picking things up. It, picks, it teaches you the value of not getting involved and to go so complicated with the experience. It teaches you the value of staying very simple with things. You don't have to identify things with things. You don't have to make them me, myself, and mine. You don't have to make big conclusions about what it means that things are there. You don't have to be fighting things or pushing things away you don't have to, you can just kind of take the next moment, take the next step. Let things, let this moment wash right off. Let this moment wash right off. And, um, and, uh, and hold steady. And as we do this, it certainly helps the mind to gather, become gathered, be focused, get unified, which are all different ways of saying getting concentrated. Uh, the mind can kind of then kind of marshal its different forces in the mind 
to kind of support you and kind of get aligned and be supportive for this process of getting concentrated or being mindful or showing up or taking the next step. And so, you know, and it's a, it's a remarkable, the wonderful things that happen in the mind when the mind has steadiness and consistency of taking one step at a time, one step at a time. And you could, I could feel that when I went for my walk in Spain, that over, over time, sometimes each, one, during the day, walking each day, uh, over time, I settled into the walking. And there was my, my body got more conditioned, my body got into the rhythm of it, my mind got into the rhythm and my breathing got into the rhythm of it. And it was like this gathering of my forces, gathering of my attention, gathering of my thoughts, my mind, my feelings, everything. And it seems that when, when I really got into the rhythm of the walking, it was really, you know, a strong kind of sense of being here in the walking. When the first day I started, I was hardly walking. I, mean, I, was, I, was, I was walking, but I wasn't, you know, I was still, my mind was still in California, you know, and thinking about all kinds of things, and could we make it, and, and what about the places we're going to sleep, and are they going to have room for us? We had no reservations. What's going to happen to us? Can we sleep outside? Is that going to work? And, and the Pyrenees, what, you know, all these thoughts. I wasn't so much there, but as I kind of kept walking and kept walking, my, everything got gathered together and I started being more and more here for that experience. And there are many, many, uh, uh, f- you know, mental, physical factors that get lined up as we get concentrated, as we come into the moment. I think of it a little bit of a little thing I did, did in second grade which was in, in the little sandbox in my entry school, they had these little, um, I guess, iron flints, little black iron flints in the sand. And we would bring these um, red U magnets and we'd bring it to, and we'd, uh, uh, we would stroke the sand, the, just above the sand, with these magnets over and over again. And those little iron flints would get lined up in a row. And that was fascinating as a kid. And, um, and so, that, so this steadiness, take the next step, be in the next moment of experience, come back to the next breath, be with the next breath, be with the next moment, recognize what it is, be here for that, be here for that, here for that. And, um, and, uh, and it's, it's kind of like the magnet that things get lined up, things kind of get organized, uh, things come along and we get into the rhythm of it, get focused here. Another value of this consistency in practice, the steadiness, keeping going, with the simplicity, is that um, when, we, when we keep doing the same thing over and over again, and ideally something that's very simple, that uh, over time we start seeing the subtleties that are involved, the nuances of what's happening. So for example, uh, when in that walk, uh, I was just walking. You know, normally I just walk and what's the big deal? Walking is walking. But when you walk much of the day, day after day, the little details of how you walk start making up a big difference. And it turns out that I, my, you know, one of my foot's feet um, went off to the side a little bit more than was ideal for a long hike. And so I started, oh, look at that. I didn't know I did that. And so then I got to bring my foot back in and keep it there. How, how much I bent my knees as I walked. I never thought about that. 
But then, oh, look at that. I, I could actually be, have my knees a little more bent, and then it's a little bit easier to walk, and the whole system kind of walks a little better if I do that. So I start feeling and seeing all kinds of subtleties that I normally wouldn't be aware of. So the same thing like in meditation, the simplicity of being with your breath, being mindful of breathing, one breath at a time, one moment of mindfulness at a time. A number of things can start becoming clear because you keep doing it over and over and over again. You might notice, for example, subtleties in how you breathe. You might be holding your breath more than you need to, but you have to kind of be there for a few thousand breaths or a few ten thousands of breaths. So start seeing, to recognize, to be familiar with it, to see that there's a little holding that you didn't know about, that isn't needed. But you need to have, but only in that simplicity of doing the same thing over and over again do you see what you're doing. And with the breathing, it's particularly significant because our breathing is a, is a uh, how to say it, I was going to say sophisticated, but uh, is a, actually a very complex phenomena in what it's connected to with inside of us. It's connected to our mind, our attitudes, our emotional life, our intentional life, our, our, our uh, habits of body and mind, our conditioning that we've had from childhood. All kinds of things come into play in how we breathe. It's not just a simple, ordinary thing of the moment, but that the complexity of it is not seen in ordinary just going about our life because we're not paying so much attention to it. But if you really settle in for the long term and just get really familiar with the breath, some people say it's boring to breathe. But you get beyond the boredom and really get, get more and more familiar with the experience of breathing. These little things that can seem insignificant begin to show themselves about what goes on in the breathing. And they're not so insignificant because they're so connected to so much it's like breathing is like the nexus, like the meeting point of all the different aspects of our life. I, I kind of like think of. And so, so much as comes into that meeting point. So as we kind of clarify or refine or free up that meeting point, it affects so much more of our life than just the breathing. So the consistency and steadiness is doing the same thing one step at a time. The other thing with, um, like with mindfulness of breathing is that not only you get, get more familiar with the breathing, but perhaps even more important, you're becoming more familiar with what it's like to be mindful. You do, you know, 10,000 steps of mindfulness, recognize that in-breath, that out-breath, in, out. Feel that breath, oh, that's an in-breath. This is what it's like. There it's tight, there it's loose, there it's moving this way, this way, you know. Start feeling it. After a while, you start getting familiar with what it's like to be mindful. And then you start discovering, well, look at that. I'm straining to be mindful. I'm pushing. I have, there's an expectation built into how I'm being mindful. Look at this. I don't want to be mindful. I'm like holding back, I'm resisting. Or, you know, I don't, you know, I kind of thought that, I, I, I believe this is really important to this mindfulness. But when I really end up doing it, um, I, I realize I don't believe in work. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't think, you know, I'm good enough, or I don't think I deserve it, or, or I don't think that, you know, it, it should be, you know, I, sh- I shouldn't have to do all this. It should be given to me. It should be free. And, and, you know, so I don't really want to give myself over to it. All these little attitudes 
they can be phenomenally subtle attitudes that are there in the mindfulness itself. And, and it's hard to see, but if you do it over and over and over again, at some point, oh, look at that. There's a wind drag. I see it doesn't work to do this. It doesn't work to keep straining. We start seeing the limitation. They start standing out more and more clearly in a way they can't. If you're, if you're mindful of the, of the breath three times a day, just, you know, one breath. You know, you're not going to see that much about how you are with your mindfulness. But if you do it 10,000 times or 100,000 times or a million times, more and more clarity comes out about what you're actually doing, what's happening there. Especially if you do it over, over you, know, a, you know, a chunk of time. If you do it over, you know, a 45-minute meditation session. If you do it over many meditation sessions through the day. If you do it consistently day after day, meditating or focusing on it, things start becoming clearer and clearer. So this is a this is a, a little talk is meant to be an encouragement to have persistence, steadiness, consistency. Just to hang in there with it, stay with it. It doesn't have to be complicated. In fact, sometimes keeping it simple is the most profound. Is the thing that's actually the most helpful. Uh, and so. This idea of keeping it simple and allowing your thoughts to come, that will come, the feelings, the emotions that will come, they will come with time. But it doesn't mean, the fact that they arise doesn't mean that you have to pick up them, get involved with them. Sometimes it's actually more helpful for our inner life for us not to get involved in our thoughts, not to get involved with our emotions. Because as soon as we get involved with them, uh, we're messing with them. And maybe what they most need is to be left alone. Maybe the self-healing aspect of our psychology works best if we don't mess it up, if we don't get involved and try to fix it and do something. And so this ability to leave things alone by just the next breath, the next step as we do walking meditation. We'll follow all kinds of, we do that, we'll be on a journey. You'll have your own Pyrenees to go up and to down. You'll have your own wonderful preferable places to be as you practice. And you'll have your own times of practice when you don't prefer to have this experience as your practice. But we just take the next step. Take the next step. Just keep going. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep going to the next moment. Each moment that you live through will never happen again. That'll be it. That moment's opportunity to be known, to be experienced, to be felt, to be with you, will only happen once. And it's only here for a very brief moment. It's worthwhile to steadily, fully, just be here for this moment, this moment, steady, persistent. Let it be your pilgrimage through your life. <laughs> 